Blog Talk Radio. All right, all right, all right. This is Elder G. Bazaar coming to you from Ward, Ohio. Good evening, Here's my fellow co-workers in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, looking for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ at any day. We thank you for being with us this morning, this afternoon, coming to you from Ward, Ohio, going on down there into Atlanta, Georgia, um, Block Talk Radio on Chaos. We're so glad to have you, my brother, Jackson won't be with me today. He had to work, but we're going to carry on the word of God anyhow. We know that Jesus Christ is the only answer that we have in the day that we're living in. And he was the answer yesterday. He was the answer 10,000 years ago. He's the answer today, and he will be the answer tomorrow. And without the Lord God Almighty, if he wasn't wasn't in existence, no man would be on this planet. No, it wouldn't be a planet. There would be nothing. But you got to understand, God is self-existence. He self-existed all the time. He never was invented. He never was discovered. He never was uh, come with a big bang theory or man's theology. God is God. God is a spirit. And those that worship him, those that worship him, those that honor him, those that repented of their sins and worship the Lord only because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever will can come to him that he will have to accept the damnations of hell. Jesus Christ loved you so much that he died for the sins of the world. And by him dying for the sins of the world, they give you privilege to come to him and to worship him and to honor him. Because we know one day, very soon, Jesus Christ is coming back to this earth. And he's going to straighten everything out that's wrong. He's going to correct the unrighteous and make this world a much, 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 much better place to live in. The only reason the world is like this now is because of the fall of Lucifer. Lucifer fell from heaven. God cast him down to the earth. The Lord God put Adam and Eve in the garden of Eden and told them to eat the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat it. Don't touch it. Unless the day you eat thereof, or touch thereof, you shall surely die. Lucifer said, I'm going to mess up everything God made. I'm going to mess it up so bad. I'm going to what? I'm going to try to destroy and eliminate God's creation. And the main, main, main creation of God is that he made man after his likeness and after his image and put him on this earth and put him on this earth so that he can have a kingdom and ruled by God Almighty. And Satan interrupted that. He came into the Garden of Eden and told Eve, don't worry about eating the fruit. You will not die. God is trying to hold something back from you. You are not going to die, Eve. And Eve was deceived by Lucifer because Lucifer was cast out of heaven. This is literally, this is in the spiritual realm. Lucifer and all his angels, which was one-third of the angelic angels in heaven, 
was cast to the earth. And ever since that time they was cast to the earth, and Adam and Eve was deceived, sin, 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 sin entered the world through Adam. Adam knew exactly what was going to happen if he ate and touched the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. But Lucifer got to Eve first and deceived Eve, and Eve got to Adam, and Adam broke the band. He broke the tie. When he ate it thereof and conceived the fruit of knowledge of good and evil, the whole human race, get me now, the whole human race was totally cut off from God and Satan took over your jurisdiction of mankind. He brought man into sin. He broke the tie to Adam eating the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. And ever since then, the world has been in a chaotic condition. And it's worse now than it ever has been over the period of 6,000 years. It has been similar hell on earth. Nothing has been right. Nothing can be made right by man's capability. Nothing can be corrected only, only, I said only, by God Almighty, this can be corrected. And the only way, the only way, Lord have mercy, the only way it could be corrected. Now listen to me. The only way was that somebody had to die for the sins of men. Somebody had to die. Not just anybody. Not just somebody coming over and saying, I'm going to die. This had to be a unique death. The only way, listen, only way God could bring man back into the relationship with himself was God himself knew that he would have to redeem man all by himself. God had to do it. No angel, no cherubim, no cherubim, no patriotic, no prophet, no preacher, no so-called human being could redeem man. Nobody. But God himself, this is what God did. God himself became flesh, born in, born in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, and Mary laid him in the manger. That was God's only way. You hear what I said now? Ain't no other way. Ain't no other way, my friends. Out of all of man's ingenuity and all of man's wisdom and all of man's knowledge, no man was able to redeem the human race but God man. And that was God himself. God himself became man, born, in the, born as a child, given to us as a son. And they will call his name Emmanuel. They will call his name the Almighty. They will call his name the Everlasting Father. They will call his name the Prince of Peace. They will call his name the Mighty God. It took God alone, God alone, God alone by himself to bring man back 
to the righteousness of God through one man, and that one man is Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Christ, the God-man. God actually became a human being. Yes, he did, because he knew no sin. He could not commit sin. He was born sinless. He was given to us as a son, meaning that he was preexistent, but he was born as a baby. And that was the only way that he could redeem man, because God was capable enough of being born a baby and at the same time have a blood system. He was born a human being, and the blood in your body, the blood in your body is what's keeping you alive. And so when Christ came, that was God Almighty in the flesh. He had a he had a heart system. He had all the faculties of a man, and especially he had a blood system. And that blood system was where he lived. He lived in the blood because the soul is in the blood. The life is in the blood. And the life of God was in the blood through Jesus Christ. And by Jesus Christ being a human being, but yet still God, he was born sinless. Sinless. No sin. He was perfect because he was God. And by him being God, he was able to die the death. He was able to die the death. He was able to be slaughtered on a tree, hung on a tree, nailed to a tree. He bled and he died. And when he died, he had power enough to raise himself from the dead because no sinful man can raise himself from the dead if he would be if he would die for the human race. So Jesus Christ was God Almighty and God Almighty in the flesh came down from heaven as a man and had a blood system, and that blood system was not an ordinary blood system. It was a righteous blood. It was a precious blood. It was a separated blood. It was separated from sin. Sin cannot dwell, cannot dwell under righteousness. And the blood of Jesus Christ is the only thing that can destroy the sin of the world. You know what I say? Destroy, eliminate, wipe out. The blood of Jesus Christ. Why? Because it was God's blood. And God's blood is powerful. And by being so powerful, he died for my sins, your sins, and the sins for the whole round world. And now the world is under the bondage of sin, and the Lord himself already died 2,000 years ago. He has been delivering souls from sin ever since the day of Pentecost. 2,000 years, souls are being saved every day, every hour, every minute, every second, all over the world. Jesus Christ's blood is the only blood that could redeem man back to God. There is no other God, 
no other God like the God of heaven, the God of the universe, the God of the cosmos, the God of eternity, the God that didn't have a beginning, the omnipotent God, the omnipresent God, the all-powerful, immutable God. Why? Because he's all by himself. Nobody had to direct him. Nobody could tell him what to do. And he made, he made preservations for you and I, for you and I, that we could be saved. S-A-V-E-D, saved. Saved what? Saved from sin. Sin can damn your soul. Unbelief can damn your soul. Lying, cheating, backbiting can damn your soul. Why? Because sin cannot dwell with a righteous God. And instead of God just destroying the human the human race and forgetting about the whole thing, he loved the world so much that he was willing enough to give up his only life his only life that he had because he cannot die no more. He died once and for all, shed his blood for the human race. And the human race is under the clutches of sin, and the world is saying today, I don't need it. That's what the world is saying. The world is trying to find other ways to please God. And there's only one way, one way, one way you can please God. You cannot please God by your own works. You can't please God by the color of your skin. You can't please God by just going to church. You can't please God just by having a whole lot of money. The only way you can please God Almighty is that you repent, 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 and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, that you can let Jesus Christ come into your life and change your life from death life that you may live and have a reconciliation and have a connection with the eternal God through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's the only way you can please God. You can't please God no other way. No, no. No, no. I don't care how cute you are. I don't care how well off you are. You cannot please God Almighty unless you believe that he died and you are willing enough to repent of your sins and accept his atonement, which is his blood that he shed on Calvary's cross 2,000 years ago. That's the simplicity of the gospel. You hear what I said? It's simple. It's simple. You can't work your way to heaven. You can't just be good and go to heaven. You just can't have a, a certain color of the skin and say you go to heaven. You can't go to heaven but one way. And that one way, which way did you understand? The one or the, 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 the O or the E? One means one. Baptists cannot get you to heaven. Presbyterian can't get you to heaven. Judaism and Taoism and Buddhism and, 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 and Christian science and Jehovah Witness and uh, 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 Presbyterian and all the so-called religions in the world can never please God. The only way God can be pleased is that you accept his son. Capital S-O-N, not the S-U-N, the Son of God, God himself in the flesh. He had to come in the flesh in order for him to know what it is to be human. Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. God has never become human. This, this is the first time and the last time God will ever be born of a woman and be given as a son. This is the only time. There is no reverse. There is no... Shortcuts. There's no detour. Christ is the only way, 
that man can come in contact with God Almighty. Because when you believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again, immediately, the minute you repent, the minute you can put your faith into action, Christ comes into your, into your life. When he comes into your life, he comes in through the Spirit, and right away you know who God is. You know who God is. Whoever confessed that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Whoever confessed not, do not know God. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Brother Bazaar, what are you talking about? Will you tell me what are you talking about? I'm talking about knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Because if you don't know your Savior, if you don't know Jesus Christ, and you die, you're going to hell. You're going to hell because sin cannot never enter into the kingdom of God no more. And in the, in the book of Epistle of St. John, we're going to find out whether you know God or not. Listen to what St. John says in the book of First John. First John says this. First John says this, the second chapter of first epistle of St. John, it says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Everything in the world today, everything that you see that you touch, that you hear, everything, all that is in the world is the what? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is not of God. It's not of God. But is of the world. That's the world. That's satanic. That's, that's no, don't get me wrong now. I didn't say that you can enjoy life. You don't have to be stuck up and say, well, you know, you don't do this, no, that. But all this stuff is in the world is lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of the eye. It's of the world. It's not of the Father. Listen, listen to this. Now listen. 17th verse. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that does the will of God abides forever. What is the will of God? What is the will of God? What, what does God want you to do? The main thing God wants you to do, because he loves you so much, he wants you to repent of your sin and turn from your wicked ways and turn from your lifestyle and turn from all the evils of the world and believe on his son and accept his son that you may be saved. That's the first will of God. The will of God is that you be saved. From what? Saved from hell. Saved from damnation. Saved from Lucifer. Saved from the dragon and the devil and the imps and the pimps and the, and, and, and the cohorts and the demons and devils. Saved from them. Your soul, your soul needs to be saved from damnation. Without salvation, damnation is going to come. Without salvation, you cannot please God. 
I don't care how much you walk in the church. I don't care how much well you can sing. I don't care how well you dress. I don't care how well you can speak. I don't care how much education you got. I don't care nothing about that. God's will in your life is that you be saved, sanctified. Sanctified means to be set apart from sin by what? By the blood of Jesus Christ. And that you remember that Jesus Christ died for you, that when you get ready to die, you will meet him somewhere on the real shore of glory, hallelujah, square that you will be able to live with him, that you will be able to see him, that you will be able to commune him face to face. You will not see God, you will not see Jesus and live with him face to face unless you know him in the pardon of your sins. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We got the elite Christians. We got the high, mighty Christians. We got people who are rich and and, and they, they participate in church works. They, uh, they're all up in the air, and they think because they're doing that that God is pleased. But God ain't pleased with you until you repent, brother. Until you repent and say, Lord, I am a low-down, wretched sinner. I need Christ. I need Jesus. I need his love. I need his mercy. I need his goodness. I need his forgiveness. I need a change of life. I need a change of avenue to know that when I die, I know where I'm going before I die because of what Jesus Christ done on Calvary's cross, and I know that i got to go to the cross in order to receive salvation. I can't receive salvation just by being pretty. I can't receive salvation just by good works. i got to receive Jesus Christ only by turning away from my sins and confessing with my mouth and bleeding with my heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. We're living in a time now where people have rejected. The world has rejected the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. They have rejected it. They don't believe in it no more. They don't preach it hardly anymore. They preach they preach motivation speeches. They preach riches and gains of the world. They preach good times. They preach everything, but they don't preach the crucifixion because without the crucifixion, Brother Bazaar, Brother Bazaar will die without Christ and the crucifixion and his birth, death, and resurrection. Brother Bazaar will die and go to hell. I will be on my way to hell right now if it wasn't for the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why? Because that was the only way Jesus Christ could pay for my sins. He paid for my sins. Why? By his death. When he died, he died for my sins, not for mine only, but he died for the whole round world. And because I received him, I repented of my sin, I accepted him, I love him, I adore him, I worship him, I hope in him. I don't have no other name that I know where I can be saved in the name of Jesus Christ. And there's no other name for you to be saved but by Jesus Christ. So now, by his birth, death, and resurrection, he got up out the grave by his own power. And by his own power, he paid the price. He paid the price for my past sins, my present sins, and my future sins. When he received, when I received salvation, I received eternal redemption. So there's a difference between saved and not saved. Here it is. Listen to what Epistle of Saint John says, second chapter, eighteenth verse. 
Let me pray first. Lord, Ambrose, I'm getting ahead of myself. Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy and your goodness. We ask you right now, Lord, use my lips to pray that I might speak to your people and that they may be encouraged and let them know salvation is free through Jesus Christ. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to jump up and down for it. We just believe. Just believe and accept that what he did on Calvary's cross, he did it for me. Not for me only, but for the whole round world. Go with me to this evening and let me preach the word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. All right. First John says in the 18th verse, little children, little children. That's all we are, little children. It is the last time. It is the last time. The day might be the last time. And as ye have heard that the Antichrist, that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. There are many, many Antichrists all over the world, Antichrists. Everywhere you go, Antichrists. And I'm going to prove it to you through the word. Antichrist, anti-God, anti uh, 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 holy, anti-Bible, don't want the Bible, don't have no desire, have no love for the Word of God, have no desire to know the Word of God, separate themselves from the Word of God. That's anti. And the anti-crisis, as many, many people are anti-crisis today because if you're a sinner, hey, you're a candidate to become, you're a candidate for the anti-crisis because you're anti-God. <clears throat> You are more for sin than you are for holiness. You are more for sin more than you are for sanctification. You are more for sin more than you are for the love of God. And here, John the Epistle says, little children, it is the last time that ye have heard that Antichrist shall come. That's one. Even now there are many Antichrists. Now, you see crisis down there. It says S. So there's many Antichrists, but there's only one Antichrist. Whereby we know that it is the last time. We're living in the end time now. We're living in just before the return of Jesus Christ. We're living at the end of the 2,000 years. We're living at the end of the 6,000 years of human history that this anti-spirit has been on this planet. And this anti-spirit was initiated in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve were deceived by Satan and Satan became anti-God because he is anti-God. He was anti-God while he was in heaven before he got up with pride and self-righteousness and thought he could overthrow God Almighty and dethrone him from the throne and, and cast him down, and, and, and he wants to sit on the throne and be like God. Let's get some information, amen, out of the book of Isaiah and show you what this anti-spirit comes from. I'll show you exactly where this anti-spirit comes from. Let's go to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah, the 14th chapter. 14th chapter, it says these words. <clears throat> Amen. Praise God, praise God, for whom all blessings flow. Here we go, Isaiah 14th chapter. Here's where the anti-spirit, anti-God comes from. It comes directly from the 14th chapter of Isaiah. In the book of Isaiah, we read these words. 14th chapter, the 12th verse. 
Here we go. It goes just like this. 14 says, 12. Here's where the Antichrist spirit comes from. It comes from this. Listen. 14 and 12, Isaiah say, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart, this is Lucifer now, for thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit up also upon the mountain of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be what? Like the most high. Now, this is the word of Lucifer. He became anti-God by his pride. He became a tyranny against God. He wanted to dethrone God. He wanted to eliminate God. He wanted to snatch God off of his throne and dethrone him and sit on the throne and make God become lesser than what he is. And he could not do it. And God cast him out to the earth. And from that point on, he was anti-God. Adam and Eve was in the Garden of Eden, as I said before, and he deceived them. And man became anti. The world is anti. They're anti-Bible, anti-God, anti-holiness, anti-righteousness, anti-against all righteousness of God. Satan cannot stand God Almighty because he was dethroned from his original position. And his reposition was that he be the throne, the garden, and the throne of God. He would guard the throne of God and that he would be the musician of the heavenly host to direct the heavenly choir and the angels choir. He had music inside of himself that he was actually the choir director and he was the protector of God's throne. God put him in that place. But by his beauty and by his self-righteousness, he tried to dethrone God and put himself in God's place and God booted him out. He booted him out. He kicked him so hard until Satan is still feeling it. Lucifer is still feeling it. And not only did Lucifer fall, but Lucifer put an anti and called an anti-spirit among one-third of the angelic beings. The angelic beings listened to Lucifer, and when they listened to Lucifer, they believed that they could help Lucifer overthrow God's throne and angels, the angel Lucifer took one-third angelic beings, and they became demons and devils and satires, and they became wicked spirits that harvest the earth right now. And now, since the human race is under the influence of this wicked spirit and broke the relationship with God in the Garden of Eden, they become anti, anti-God. 
And now the devil is trying to eliminate the human race. And all the killing today, all the sin that's hovering the earth, Satan is the cause of this. Listen to what listen to what uh, John the Epistle says. John says, Little children, it is the last time as it has been heard the Antichrist shall come. Today the Antichrist is here. The man of sin is here. He's in Western Europe, that's where the Antichrist is at now. Nobody don't know exactly where he's at. But in the scriptures, if you read your Bible, the Bible literally tells you exactly what country he's coming from. And I'll tell you about that later on. But the Antichrist is alive today. He's a man. He's a man. He's a human being, and he is an Antichrist. And Lucifer is going to use this man's body at the end of time, during the tribulation period, he's going to use this man's body to try to deceive the world and try to make the world believe that this here Antichrist is Jesus Christ in the flesh. And this is a great lie. This is a great lie that John the Epistle is trying to explain to us. He says, even now there are many Antichrists, so there's a lot of unbelievers, a lot of unbelievers, including the Jews, Amen. Don't believe that Jesus Christ is God Almighty. A lot of Gentiles, a majority of Gentiles, don't believe that Jesus Christ is God Almighty. Listen to what it says. They went out from us because they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. There's a lot of people that try to sneak into the church and turn the biblical doctrine around, and the highest doctrine in the Bible is that Jesus Christ is God Almighty. That's the highest doctrine. You can't get no higher than that doctrine because it's telling you that Jesus Christ is literally God Almighty in the flesh. And the world today is denying that. The world today won't accept that. And when they don't accept that, they are anti-crisis. The 21st says, but ye have the unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have written unto you because ye know, I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? 22nd verse. Who is a liar? Who is a liar? 22nd says, who is a liar? But he that denieth, he that rejects it, he that tried to annul it, that Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Savior. Christ is the anointed. So when you say Jesus is the Christ, you're saying Jesus Christ is God Almighty in the flesh. He says he is an antichrist that denies the Father and the Son. If you deny the Son, you do not have the Father. If you deny the Father, you don't have the Son. If you, this is what it says, who is a liar? But he that denies rejects it. And we got a whole lot of people who do not accept that Jesus is the Christ. If Jesus is not the Christ, and you say he is not the Christ, then you're anti-Christ. You're anti 
You're against God. Why? Because that's the only way that God could redeem man was through Jesus Christ. And since Jesus Christ is God Almighty in the flesh, you deny Jesus Christ, you don't have the Son. You don't have you don't have the Father because the Father is the Son. The Son is the Father. The Son is is God in the flesh, and Jesus Christ was God's only Son, which was God Himself. And both, if you acknowledge the Father, you have the Son. If you disacknowledge the Son, you don't have the Father. So they're all a one: God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. All three co-equal, all one, 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 not three, not two, one. Whosoever deny the Son, the Son that has not the Father, but he that acknowledges the Son has the Father also. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know that you got the spirit of truth from the spirit of error, because the spirit of truth, you will confess that Jesus Christ is God Almighty. If you confess it with your mouth and believe with your heart, believe with your soul, believe with your spirit, the Bible says you know the Father, you know the Son, because you cannot know the Father without knowing the Son, because all three are one. Whosoever deny the Son, the same that has not the Father. But he that acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Let there therefore abide in you, which you have heard from the beginning. That is, that you, which you have heard from the beginning, shall remain in you. You, ye also, shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is a promise that he has promised us, even eternal life. These things I have written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the anointed one, the very God in the spirit, which ye have received of him, abided in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is is truth, and is no lie. And even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. Now, little children abide in him. When he shall appear, when Christ shall appear, when the Son of Man shall appear, we have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. When Jesus Christ comes back to this earth, those that are looking for him, those that are hoping in him, those that acknowledge that he's the Son of God, those that are telling the world, telling the people, Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. Jesus Christ converted your soul. And when you can stand up and confess with your mouth and believe with your heart and, and walk with life, walk with holiness, walk with love, walk with joy, walk with peace, guess what? You will not be ashamed when Christ comes back to this earth. And he's coming back. I know what the devil's talking about. I know what the devil's saying. I know what his imps are saying. He ain't coming back, dog. They've been talking about that so long. And you see how the world is. The world is more anti-God than it is with God. So we know that we are, we are doing the right thing. We're anti-God. Come on and join us. And many people, uh, many people today is rejecting Jesus Christ. It's not as the Son of God, but is the Son of God. And now, little children, abide in him. 
that when he when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that does righteousness is born of him. Anyone that does righteousness is born of him. What is righteousness? Righteousness is when you repent of your sins and you turn from your wicked ways and you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior by confessing with your mouth and believe with your heart, you are righteous even as he is righteous. Why? Because the righteousness that you have is not your righteousness. It's the righteousness of Jesus Christ through his shed blood. And you're willing to tell the world, you're willing to tell your mama, your daddy, your sister, your aunt, your uncle, your enemies, your friends, that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life, and I love him, I adore him, I acknowledge him, I worship him, I just in love with him. And when you can confess that and live what you confess that you're living, guess what? You know that you'll pass from death to life because you love the brother. You know that you're saved. You know you've been born again. Why? You love the brother. You know that God is living in your life through his son, Jesus Christ. You know that he died and rose again. You know that his blood was shed on Calvary's cross. You know that he got up from the grave on the third day morning. You know that he's coming back again to get a church without a spot or wrinkle. Why? Because the world can't last too much longer with the condition that it is in. People are dying every day, wars everywhere, killers and murders. We got we got homosexuals on the rise. We got lesbians on the rise. We got infested people who is incest on the rise. We got prisons are being full. We got families are being broken up. We got men, women, boys, and girls are living in the way of destruction. And the way of destruction is the broad way, and most people are taking the broad way. But the only way that you can escape the wrath of God, listen, the only way that you can escape the wrath of God, you got to come under the blood. You got to be washed in the blood. You got to be pleased in the blood. You got to know what the blood can do. The blood can change your life from darkness into the light. When you receive the blood of Jesus Christ, you love your brothers. You love God. You love your enemies. Why? Because you know that the love that you have, God gave it to you, and he loved you so much that he was willing enough to give up his son, Jesus Christ. And come and live in your life by his pay, the price that he paid on Calvary's cross. You know it. Nobody have to tell you. You can rejoice without a choir. You can tell it when people are uh, uh, against you. You can praise your praise your father's name everywhere you go. Why? Because you know who he is. He's a God of Abraham. He's a God of the universe. And as big as God is, as awesome as God is, he had power enough to die on Calvary's cross, and then after he died, come back from the grave, and now he's able to live within you through the Holy Spirit of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is able to live in you, inside of you, walk with you, talk with you, tell him that you're his own. He's the one that can save you forever. He ain't saved you just for yesterday. He ain't saved you just for three or four years from now. He saved you forever because you've been bought with a price. You've been sealed with the Spirit until the day of redemption. The Antichrist is here. Anti-God. Anti-God. People hate. The world hates Jesus. Majority of the world hates Jesus. You hear what I said? Majority of the world hates Jesus because we've got more antichrists on the planet right now than ever in human history. 
In the early church, there was anti-Christ. In the medieval church, there was anti-Christ. And in the modern church today, we got people who are speaking against the word of God, speaking against the deity of God, speaking against the word of God, speaking against holiness, speaking all the principles and the doctrines and the the, the, the laws of the Bible. People don't read the Bible no more. They don't believe that the Bible says this and it doesn't say that. But if it didn't say it, why did it say it? Because if you have a Bible, let me tell you, it's in there. 66 books written by the inspiration of holy men and they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Not some, not some, some crackpot that want to make something up to make it easy for you. But Jesus Christ said, I am the way. He said, also, broad is the way that leadeth into destruction, and many go in their way. So what we're talking about, we're talking about this Antichrist that's riding across the atoms of time today. Listen to what it says. It says in the book of the third chapter of this same book that we're reading. In the third chapter, in the seventh verse, here we go with the little children again. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committed sin is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning for this purpose. Listen, this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's why Jesus Christ came to destroy the works of the devil. And if people today are habitually sinning and don't care nothing about repenting, don't care nothing about the righteousness of God, don't care nothing about the blood, they are what? They are of the devil because the devil will not stand up for the blood of Christ, he degrades it. He tried to degrade the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ. Tried, he tried to kill him and make sure he was dead to the human race. But they tell me they couldn't hold him in the grave. He got up on the third day morning. Now he's able to make intercision for you and I because the debt of sin is paid for. Whosoever is born of God does not sin. For his seed remained in him. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. When you're born again, believer, when the blood of Jesus Christ shed blood through the Holy Spirit enters your heart, enters your spirit, enters your inner being, guess what? He saves your soul. Your soul becomes sinless. You cannot sin no more. Why? Because your soul has been washed clean and sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. So your soul, your spirit, it becomes sinless. You cannot sin. Uh-oh. Somebody told me what you can. I'm talking about your soul. I ain't talking about your flesh. I'm talking about the soul. I'm talking about the inner being of the inner being. I'm talking about the blood of Jesus Christ in your spirit through the works that Christ done on Calvary's cross. When he did that work, he paid the sin for what? Whoremongering, adultery, lying, tattling, backbiting. He died for every sin that Satan can muster up. He died for sin that you don't even know you sin. He died for everything that you have done wrong, and he comes into your life, and he sanctifies your soul. You become a sinless being. 
but yet still you have another nature. You got two natures. You got the carnal nature and you got the divine nature. So actually you're wrestling against the flesh and the flesh is wrestling against the spirit and the spirit wrestling against the flesh. So you're actually having a tug at you all the time. So the inner man is sinners, but the outer man is sin. The flesh sins. The flesh will never be justified in the sight of God. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. In this, the children of God are manifested in the children of the devil. Whosoever does not righteousness is not of God. Neither he that loveth not his brother. Whoever does not do right, is not born of God. What you mean? If you are walking in unbelief, you're walking in unrighteousness. If you reject Christ, you're walking in unrighteousness. If you love sin, you're walking in unrighteousness. The only way that you can walk in righteousness is that you repent of your sin and come to Jesus Christ. That's the first will of God. There's no other will that God wants you to do but to receive him as Lord and Savior. Receive him as your Redeemer. So the inner man is sinless. The outer man carries that same old damnic nature. So the only thing you've got to worry about is growing in grace. Growing in grace. Growing in grace. In other words, you've got to work out your own salvation. In other words, you've got to go through some trials and temptations. You've got to be tried, and that makes you grow stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Because let me tell you, if you don't grow, you stay still. Amen. The devil will try, literally. You know what the devil trying to do? He'll try to come back in and steal your salvation, but he can't steal your salvation because your salvation is in the hands of God. Jesus said, no man can pluck you out of my hand. That means that no force, nothing. Apostle Paul said, nothing is separating me from the love of God, which is found in Christ Jesus. In other words, when saved salvation comes, amen, you'll save forever. Yes, you're going to make mistakes. Yes, you're going to sin. But when you sin, I guarantee you the Holy Spirit will correct you. God will correct you. He will make it plain to you that, amen, you grow in grace. You can get saved overnight, but growing in grace, it takes a lifetime. It takes a lifetime to grow stronger and stronger each and every day of your life. Why? You're working on up to that high calling, which is in Christ Jesus, and that is work out your own soul salvation. In this, the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. Whosoever does not righteousness is not of God, neither who. He that loveth not his brother. For this is the message that ye have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was the wicked one, and slew his brother. And therefore slew he him, because his own works were evil and his brother's righteousness. Marvel not, my brother, if the world hates you. Listen to what it says. This is scripture. This ain't no Mickey Mouse cartoon funny book. This is scripture. Marvel not, my brother, if the world hates you. 
We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. If you don't love your brother, if you don't love everybody, you hear what I said? If you don't love everybody, you're walking in death. Because God loves everybody, you saying that you are in the spirit, walking in the spirit. You say the spirit of God is in you. You say you pass from death to life because you love the brother and you don't love everybody. If you don't love everybody, you need to be born again because God loves everybody. And if God loves everybody and his spirit dwells in you, you got to love everybody. Now, I know there's an opposition against you. The devil, the devil is always going to work with you. He'll try to plant the seed of uh, a hatred in you. But let me tell you, after all is all over, you're still going to love God because God is going to chastise you and make sure you see yourself and see how low down dirty you was and he loved you so you can come down and come down on your brother because amen, we all have seen and come short of the glory of God. Whosoever hated his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. If you hate your brother, you are a murderer. You're a strong murderer. If you hate your brother. If you hate your brother, you don't know God. For God is love. When God comes in, you love. Jesus said, love your enemy, love your friends, love the ones that talk about you, love the ones that ridicule you, love them. Love them. Why? Because he first loved you. You ain't no angel. I'm not no angel. I'm not no perfect person. And if I don't love my brother, how can the love of God dwell in me when God loves me? and forgave me, and washed me, and made me one of his sons. That's one of his sons. For whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know no murderer has eternal life. Hereby proceed. We, the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. In other words, look out for the brethren. Amen. Be able to sacrifice your love to him because God loves you. Listen to what it says. But whoso has his, has his world goods and sees his brother have means, Shut up his bowels of compassion from him. How dwelleth the love of God in you? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Hereby we know that we are of truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our hearts condemns us, God is greater than our hearts and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then we have confidence toward God. 
Wheresoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and does do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe. This is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandments, and that he that keepeth his commandments dwell in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abided in us by the spirit which he has given us. Let me tell you something. God's highest attribute is the love of God. And the world, the world today is absent of God's love. And I know we got this Eros love, we got brotherly love, but the love that God recommends is the love of his self, divine love, agape love, a love far beyond the love of man. God was willing enough to give his only son. Now, here it is. He don't have no more sons. No more sons, only begotten son. And he gave up his only son that through the son of God, God himself, man, man can be redeemed by the redemptive plan of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in the last day, just before Christ comes back, he said, the love of many shall wax cold. He said, many will come in his name and say, Lord, Lord, have I not done this, done this? And the Lord said, I don't even know you. So there's a lot of people talking lip talk, but they don't have no hard experience with the love of Jesus Christ. These are the last days. The rapture of the church is not far off. The second coming of Jesus Christ is in, in, in motion right now. If you don't believe me, read Bible prophecy. And some of the greatest Bible prophecies now is being fulfilled. Go over there in Jerusalem and look the condition of Jerusalem and see what's going on. The Jews are being persecuted. The Jews are planning to build a temple. The Jews are planning to get the red helper. The Jews are planning for the Messiah to come and they're looking for this Antichrist man to come. They're looking for him. They're waiting for him. Why? Because we're in the last days. Christ is getting ready to come. But before Jesus Christ comes, the Antichrist will come. He will come on the earth. He's on the earth right now, but he cannot be manifested. He cannot be manifested until after the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church is the body of Christ will be excommunicated in a moment of a twinkling of an eye. Ooh, and the dead in Christ arise, and we that remain alive shall be caught up in the air in the twinkling of an eye. And that means lightning fast. That means out of nowhere. The born-again believers that have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ will be raptured. How do I know that? Let's go to the Word of God. 
Let's see what it says in the book of First Thessalonians. Listen to what it said now. Plain as day, 4 and 12. First Thessalonians 4 and 12. It said that ye may walk honestly towards them that are without. Those that are not saved, that you walk honest before them, that they won't be able to say anything harsh against you. And that ye may have lack of nothing. I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will bring, will, will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, then which we are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Therefore, Comfort one another with these words. This is what you consider the rapture of the church or the catching up of the church or caught up. Caught up to meet the Lord in the end. This is the first phase. Listen to me. This is the first phase of the second coming of Jesus Christ. The first phase is the rapture. The second phase is the second coming. The first phase happens before before the first phase can, can be fulfilled, the church has to be raptured, and then the tribulation period is set up on the earth. The tribulation period is a seven-year period in which God will judge the world, and the church will not be here and fall under that judgment. The church will be raptured up to meet the Lord in the air to go to the judgment seat of Bema. Bema. That's where the church is headed to the beam of seat of Jesus Christ. Because the church will be judged. The church will be judged for the works that the born-again believer have done here on earth. Only for the born-again believers. The unbelievers will not be at the rapture. They will still be on the earth. The born-again believers will be disappearing in a moment of a twinkling of an eye Dead in Christ will rise. We that remain alive shall be caught up to meet the Lord, and we will go to the BBC of, and there, the church, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, will be judged by Jesus Christ. While here on earth, the seven-year tribulation will begin. It will begin by the arrival of the Antichrist. The Antichrist will come on the scene. The world will be in such a chaotic condition that people will be dying. People will be in 
in awe. People would be running to and fro. People would be losing their mind to see what's going to happen after the rapture. Because when the rapture of the church coming, that means the Antichrist will come and he will do miracles. He will do miracles against God. He will say things against God. Why? Because he's anti. And anybody that speaks against Christ, any little word that speaks against Christ is a sign that they're anti-crisis. And so during the time of the seven-year period, the church will be gone. We will be in heaven, those that are saved around the world. Everybody that's been born again, and only God knows exactly those that belong to him. God knows. I don't know, but God knows. Only thing that I know, that I know, I know that I know that I've been born again. I know that I'll be caught in the rapture. I know that I'll see Jesus. I know that I'll be able to look at the nail-scarred hand. I know that I'll see his nail-scarred feet. I know I can see the whips on his back. I know I'll be able to touch him and see him and hug him. And, Lord have mercy, I'll be able to be with him forevermore. I know that. If I don't know nothing else, I know that. And I'm not boasting. I'm not sticking my chest out. I'm not doing nothing. I'm not looking above you. Ooh, I'm not looking under you. I'm not looking at you sideways. Let me tell you something. It's nothing like being born again and know who God is in your life. And if you know who God is in your life, this world is like a hellhole. Yes, it is. It's like a hellhole. Sin is everywhere. People are mean and cruel. People are dogmatic. People are non-believers. People are heretics. People are going reprobate. The world is going mad. And the world is saying, I ain't worried about no rapture. I ain't worried about nothing. I ain't worried. I'm going to have my parties. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to go where I want to go. And for this year rapture and this year tribulation period, I ain't even worried about it. But there's a day coming when you want to find out if you are not saved, you're going to be left here. And the first thing we want to say, you can say, oh, at last, at last, we done got rid of them old crazy people that was talking about this thing, and we're going to blame it on, on some kind of UFO and say they were not but a hoax. And the world is waiting for it. The world is not looking for it. But when it comes, it's going to come in the thief in the night. The Antichrist will rise. And where is he coming from? He's coming from Western Europe. He's coming from Western, listen to me what I'm saying. He's coming from Western Europe. He's on the scene now, but he's behind a camouflage. I'm going to show you through the scriptures exactly what country he's coming from. I'm going to show you through the word of God. And I don't lie on the word of God. I don't make stuff up on the word of God. Don't add nothing to the word of God and don't take nothing out. He said, if you take anything out, I'll take, you, I'll take your name out of the book of life. I'll take your name out of, the, out of the book of life. If you add anything, I'll add the plagues that belong to you when you mess around with God's word. So I am very careful what I am saying today to you. The Antichrist is alive today. He's coming from Western Europe. 
the Jews are looking for him. There's there's some Jews, rabbis today, saying that they have found him. No, they ain't found him yet. But they know one thing about the Jews. When they look for something, when they say something is going to happen, most most uniquely, it does happen. They know that the Antichrist is coming. You know why they know? Because they're getting ready to what? Reconstruct the third temple. They got the five heifers. They're getting ready to offer them sacrifice. They got the utensils. They got the priesthood. They got the vessels. They're looking for the Ark of the Covenant. I believe they know where it's at. And when they find that Ark of the Covenant and get everything lined up, the Bible tells me before Jesus Christ, there's going to be a World War III coming. And the World War III is in play right now. In the Middle East, in Ukraine, in Russia, Gog and Magog, Meshach and Tubal, all those countries right now are getting ready for World War III. And before Jesus Christ comes back to this earth during the tribulation period, there's going to be a World War III, and it's going to tear the world up. God is going to prove to the world. He's going to prove to every human being on this planet that he is God Almighty. And there was no other God before him or after him or in between him. And you can go with your occult religion. You can go with the Illuminati. You can go with the secret society. You can go with the Freemasons. You can go with the Jesuits. You can go with the Bilderberg. You can go with all these occult religions and say that this is the answer, but this is the way to hell because there's only one way to heaven, and that's Jesus Christ. There is no Buddha. There is no Shintoism. There's just a name. But these men haven't done nothing. They, they, they're still in their grave. They're still in their grave pushing up daisies. When Jesus Christ came out of the grave three days and three nights, and he was up and out of that. And he told the disciples, I'm going back to my father, and when I go back, I'm going to give you ten days, and I'm going to send you some power of the Holy Ghost, and you shall be a witness for me. And I'm telling you right now, I'm a witness for the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back as a thief in the night. And that would be the catching away of God's people. We're living in an age where now technology is taking over mankind. Technology is running man. Technology is controlling man. Man is looking for the mark of the beast. They already got it. They're using it. They're examining it right now. They're getting ready to go crypto dollar. They're getting ready to change the, the, the little money and use digital, digital money. The banks are shaking. The stock markets is shaking. Everything is shaking but the word of God. And if you ain't standing on a rock and the rock is Jesus Christ, everything underneath you, if you ain't got that solid foundation, you're going to fall. You're going to fall. The rich going to fall. The poor is going to fall. The elite going to fall. Why? Because the word of God says, without the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, no man will be able to stand in that day. You've got to know him. You've got to know him for yourself. You've got to look in the mirror and say, Lord, thank you. You've got to look at yourself and say, Lord, if I'm not right, take everything out of me that's not like you and make me and mold me what you want me to be. Why? Because the time is short. The day is far spent. And Jesus Christ is getting ready to bust the sky. Everybody, some, a lot of people thought he was going to come in 2022. But let me tell you something. 2023 is not going to be no picnic. 
things going to start failing until people are going to recognize something is wrong. Something is wrong. Something is wrong with the world. What is wrong with the world? What's wrong with the world? The world has forgotten who God is. They've forgotten Yahweh. They've forgotten the Elohim. They've forgotten Yeshua. They've forgotten the Prince of Peace. They've forgotten the man who just spoke everything into existence. They've forgotten the man who died on Calvary's cross, sacrificed himself, came up from the grave on the third day morning. The rapture. People have been talking about it for 6,000 years. They talk about it in the ancient times. They talk about it in the medieval times. They talk about the rapture in the modern times. And now it's been 2,000 years since Jesus Christ has left this earth, and we're still talking about it. Why are we talking about it? Because it's getting ready to happen. It's getting ready to come. It's getting ready to break down. All the laughing, all the joking, all the clowning, all the uh, the bright lights in the big cities and the uh, and, and the parties that people are having is going to stop one day and people are going to go in on. They say, oh, we made a mistake. Because she was you born. World War Three is just around the horizon. The Arab countries want Israel to be wiped off of the map. Now, you know better than that. You can't, you can't defeat God's people. Those are ancient people. Those people, those one that came through the Red Sea, those are ancient people. Those are the people that had power with God. Those are people that God chose through Abraham, that out of Abraham, I'm going to bring forth the seed. Amen, amen. I'm going to bring forth the, 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 the elevated one. I'm going to bring forth the rose of Sharon. I'm going to bring forth the God of gods. He's going to be manifested. Who in the flesh? He's going to be born of a virgin Mary. And when he come on the scene, he's going to be wrapped in swaddling clothes, laid in a manger. And when he's laid in a manger, he's going to stay upon this earth for 33 and one half years and did more things in, in 33 and one half years than all the men of all the men of the beginning of time to now has never even think about trying to do. And what did he do? He died. Oh, did he die? Oh, they slayed him and hung him on a tree. They hung other men on the tree. And guess what? Nothing happened. They just died. But when they hung this man on the tree, something happened. Something happened. It was so powerful, it changed humanity. And it's going to make the world a better place to live in. As soon as God gets rid of this old low-down, dirty, rotten devil, this old slew foot, because he's the one that's causing all the trouble. He's the troublemaker. God is not the troublemaker. God is the clear maker. He'll make a clear way for you to live for him through his son, Jesus Christ. And now, the world is in awe. The people are looking around. They're wondering what's going to happen next. What stock market is going to fall? Who's going to get shot? Who's going to get killed? Who's going to get raped? The world is looking, looking and wondering when it's going to stop. Well, the world can't stop it, but God's going to stop it. But thank God for his mercy. He could have stopped it a long time ago, but his love for his human race, his love for the sinner to come to him, his love so much that men's mind cannot boggle or can even obtain God's love for the souls of men. He wants to save the souls of men. That's what God wants. 
He don't want your good works. He wants your soul. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to repent of sin. The seven year tribulation is right on the horizon. All the technology is in place. Man is stamping people now. Man is putting interjections into their skins. Man is putting computer chips on themselves. Man is using all kinds of modern technology to keep monitor of the human race. And pretty soon they will go to the slaughterhouse and guess what? They're going to be stamped. And they're going to be computer chip inside of their skin or on their forehead. And they're going to be able to that they're going to be able to tell you who you at and keep count of you. The world is rumbling and tumbling to and fro, upside down. Storm, tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes. It's rambling through the land. Famine is ramming through the land. Drought, ramming through the land. Volcanoes, explosion. The earth is caving in. Deep holes are sinking into the earth. Men are building and eating and drinking. Men are building and eating and drinking for years and decades and centuries. Man has been building and every time he builds something, it's ripped apart because God is trying to tell you the kingdoms of this world is not going to last too much longer. Satan's kingdom is coming down. It's coming down like a mighty wind. It's coming down like a mighty mountain. Satan knows that he only has a short time. Demons. Listen to what I'm saying. It's getting ready to invade earth. I said that. Demons, devils, is getting ready to invade this earth. Right now, Satan is a prince power there. He's in first and second heaven. First and second heaven is a war territory. Michael and his angels are preparing right now to cast Satan out of the heavenlies out of first and second heaven. They are coming down here, and when they come down here, they are going to invade the earth. Demons, devils, cohorts, imps are going to invade the earth. And everybody worried about UFOs. Are these things real? These things are real. These things are entities. These things are fallen angels. They're not aliens. They're fallen angels. They are wicked spirits, and they are going to take over this earth for approximately seven years. But the last seven years, it's going to be hell on top of hell on this earth the last three and one half years. The last three and one half years will be so bad that, let me tell you, it's going to be your kin folks are going to turn against you, your Uncles and your aunts and your in-laws and your outlaws are going to turn against you to survive. Because if you don't receive the mark of the beast and worship the false Christ and worship the beast, you will be beheaded. And it's going to be a blood-soaked planet. Blood is going to be running everywhere because they're going to use the guillotine to behead the saints of God that accept Jesus Christ after the rapture, because after the rapture, there's going to be a revival of the whole world through what? The preaching of what? The Jewish people. The Jews yet got to preach the gospel. The church has been preaching it for 2,000 years. 
the Jews were cut off for a period of time. When Jesus Christ came riding through Jerusalem on the coat of an ass, the Jews were cut off, and the Lord went to the Gentiles. Now the Gentiles are going to be cut off, and God is going to go back to the Jews and fulfill the 490 years that he told the Jews that he would deal with them. He only dealt with them for 483 years, and the 483 years ended in 33 AD when Christ was crucified. Now the Gentiles is in, and now when the rapture of the church is called up, the Lord is going to go back to the Jew, and the Jew is going to say, now is our opportunity to preach the gospel of the kingdom. How do you know that, preacher? I'm going to the book of the Bible. I'm going to the Bible of the book. I'm going to Revelation. I'm going to Revelation, the seventh chapter. Let's see what happens after the rapture of the church. Let's see what God is going to do with the Jewish people. In the book of John, the seventh chapter, let's get that. This is, this is the beginning of the tribulation period. Let's see what John writes down by the inspiration of God Almighty. Yes, the gospel has been preached by the church, which is called the gospel of grace. But now the Jews are going to preach the gospel of the kingdom. And in the seventh chapter of the book of Revelation, the church right now, and this chapter is in heaven. And as he is in heaven, we're able to observe what's going on in earth. And here's what John wrote by the inspiration of the Lord God Almighty to his son, Jesus Christ. And John said, after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds. I'm going to hold back trauma. I'm going to hold back disaster. I'm going to hold back everything before uh, judgment comes that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to the earth, to hurt the earth and the sea, and saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, until we have sealed the servants of our God in their forehead. These are the, these are the 144,000 Jews that will be preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And they tell me the church will not be here when the Jews will be preaching the message of the gospel of the kingdom. And John said, and I heard the number of them which were sealed, and they were sealed with 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Good God Almighty. Listen to this. Listen to this. In the tribe of Judah, he sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Reuben, he sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Gad, it was 12,000. Of the tribe of Asher, it was 12,000. Of the tribe of Nephilim, 12,000. Of the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000. Of the tribe of Simeon, 12,000. Of the tribe of Levi, 12,000. Of the tribe of Issachar, 12,000. Of the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000. Of the tribe of Judah, tribe of Joseph, 12,000. Of the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000. And you got 12 times 12,000 equals 144,000 Jews. And I want to let you know these are not Baptists. These are not Presbyterians. These are not Jews. These 
These are not Jehovah's Witnesses. These are not Nazarenes. These are not no no Gentiles will have anything to do with it. These are 144,000 Jews, 12,000 of these tribes, and they're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ for the first three and one half years. They're going to preach that Jesus Christ is coming back to the earth, and he's going to set up a millennial kingdom, and he's going to end all wars. He's going to end all killing and murder. It's going to end all sin until one sin what God will have to deal with. One sin. God will deal with doing the millennium reign. And that's the sin of unbelief. But the 144,000 will preach 1,260 days three times and a half. So three and one-half years, the first part of the tribulation period, the Jews will preach the gospel of the kingdom. In other words, the kingdom is coming. When Jesus Christ have the Jews preaching the gospel of the kingdom, he's letting the world know he's coming up to set up the millennial kingdom of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on this earth. But before he does that, the Jews will have to be fulfilled the last seven years of the 483 years that has already been fulfilled. And if you take 483 years and add seven years to that, you got 490 years. That's how many years God promised Israel that he would deal with them. And now God is going to deal with them in the last seven years. And when they got through preaching, the 144,000, after they got through preaching, the gospel of Jesus Christ and the gospel of the kingdom. In the ninth verse of Revelation, John the Revelator wrote down this. This is what he wrote after the 144,000 preached the gospel. He said, Divinely written, divinely inspired. He said, after this, after what? After 144,000 get through preaching. After this, I beheld, lo, a great multitude. A multitude of what? A multitude of those that heard the gospel during the first part of the tribulation period. They heard and saw a multitude which no man could number. Of all nations and kindred and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palms in their hands, and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and into the Lamb. And all the angels stood around and about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts fell before the throne on their faces and worship God, saying, Amen, blessings and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might unto our God forever and ever and ever. Amen. These are the tribulation saints. These are the ones that received the gospel of the kingdom 
after the rapture of the church. Because the rapture of the church, mission is all done. And since it's all done, God said, I'm going to remove my body so Israel can come and finish the 490 years. The 490 years will be completed at the end of the tribulation period. And now these men that heard the gospel from the 144,000, it revived them, and it will, it will be one of the greatest revivals that the world has ever known. Millions and millions and millions of people will receive Christ during the time of the tribulation period. And to tell me, one of the elders called out and said, what are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. You know where these guys come from. You know where these saints come from. You know who they are. And he says to me, these, these, these are they that came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes, oh, Lord, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Good God Almighty, you talking about going to church. You talking about giving your tithes and offerings. You talk about how well you look. But let me tell you, if you haven't been washed in the blood of the Lamb, mm-hmm, you won't be there. If you have not been washed in the blood of the Lamb, you won't be in the rapture. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know the blood of the Lamb during the tribulation period, you can't make it through because the blood of Jesus Christ is more powerful than anything on the planet. And the Bible says, greater is he that's in you that's in the world. Do you understand what I'm saying? This 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 number that John saw, or actually not the church. These are not the church. This is not the church. These are the tribulation saints. These are the people that heard the gospel of the kingdom to the Jewish people. Thank God for the Jew. Thank God for the Jew. They will preach the last message three and one half years. And they will preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he's coming back to set up the millennial kingdom, receive ye him. And let me tell you, it was such a great number that no man can number from the four corners of the earth, from all the way over into Western and Eastern Europe, Australia, South America, North America, it will go around the world. The gospel will preach around the world. The whole world will hear the gospel of the kingdom by the Jewish people. And it says they will preach. And after they get through preaching for the first three and one half years, then after they get through with their mission, God is going to send two witnesses in the last three and one half years. The last three and one half years, make a long story short, God is going to send who? He's going to send Moses, and he's going to send Elijah. He will send Moses and Elijah. The Bible says these prophets had power enough to shut up heaven, and they got power enough to turn water to blood. There was only two men in the Bible that had that kind of power. And these men are going to use it during the tribulation period. And the two witnesses that will be preaching in Jerusalem for three, another three and one half years, will be Moses and Elijah. 
and they will preach the gospel of the kingdom, and Jesus Christ is coming back to set up this millennial kingdom and the Internet, the YouTube, TikTok, the Twitters will be able to listen and hear on widescreen TV in New York Times Square Boulevard. The whole world. And Jesus Christ said the end will not come until the gospel is preached to the whole world. And the whole world can hear the gospel the same day that you prophesy, the same day it's going to preach, and the whole world is going to hear it for what? Seven years, the gospel of the kingdom. The 144,000 and the two witnesses is going to tear the world up. It's going to put the devil to fight. It's going to defeat the purpose of Satan trying to overthrow God's kingdom and go overthrow God's power and overthrow God's love. God's going to prove to the world that he'll love you to the end if you come and accept him and believe in him and trust in him. And those that reject him, the wrath of God will fall on them. Fire will fall from heaven. Demons will possess men's bodies. God said, now, if you don't want to receive me, then you want to receive Satan. You don't want to be lost. You don't want to be lost. You need Christ today. You need Christ now. Oh, you think I'm talking out of me. Some think I'm talking out of my head. I'm crazy. I done lost my mind. I ain't got the sense I was born with. Man, they say you a madman. You talking all that stuff, and you've been talking it for a good while, and ain't nothing happened yet. Well, you ought to thank God ain't nothing happened yet, but things are happening. And it's going to build up, and you're going to find out everything that the Word of God said is coming true. It's coming true. For the gospel, it will be preached. Unadulterated Word of God. There won't be no hanky-panky. There won't be no motivation speeches. There won't be no programs. There won't be no choir singing. Uh-uh. That's out. There won't be no church going. No, that's out. You're going to hear the gospel over the airways. You're going to hear it. You're going to see it on television. You're going to see it on Internet. You're going to see it on YouTube. You're going to see it just as plain today. These two witnesses, you're going to be seeing them. The 144,000, you're going to be seeing it, and you're going to be hearing it, and you're going to have a decision to make up. Either you receive Christ or you reject the message and be a follower of the Antichrist. Antichrist is going to try his best to work against this. But God got the victory. God got the victory. And when these Jews come out, when these 144,000 men come out and stretch their voices across the ways of Internet and TV and radio, boy, you talking about, too, you talking about a good time. Souls will be saved. Millions. John the Revelator said a number, a number that no man can number. As many as the sands of the sea. And they'll be standing before the throne of God saying, Hallelujah, salvation has come. Deliverance has come. And after the what? After the 144,000 get through with their message, there's going to be an awful war in the heavens. This awful war will be against Michael and his angels. 
Michael and his angels will fight against the devil and his angels. And this year's battle is found in the 12th chapter of the book of Revelation. This will be the battle of battles. This will be the battle of the galactical divine war against Michael and Lucifer. Look what John here writes. He writes in here, in the 7th chapter of the 12th chapter of Revelation, this is the war that's coming up, plus the war that's going to be here on earth. But this year's war is nothing compared to the war that's going to be on earth, but listen what happens, 12th chapter, 7th verse. And there was a war in heaven, first and second heaven, in the cosmos. There was a war in heaven. Not in heaven, but in the heavenlies. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels. There's going to be a galactical war in first and second heaven. A war that machine guns and Comic bomb can't, can't handle it. He is in another dimension of the spiritual realm, and Michael and his angels will fight against the dragon and his angels. And guess what happened in the eighth verse? And prevail not, neither was there found. Neither, there, neither was there a place found anymore in heaven. In the first and second heaven, Literally, divinely, Lucifer and all his angels will be cast out of first and second heaven. Where are they going? They are coming to earth. They are going, they are going to invade the planet. The Independence Day with Will Smith in it. All these space movies and space uh, galactica travel, all these is a simplified idea what it's going to be like when Michael dethroned Satan to earth. Going to cast him to earth. When he cast him to earth, listen what happened. And the great dragon was cast out. The old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. The tenth verse said, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation. God Almighty, thank you, Jesus. Satan is coming down to earth now. And strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accusers of our brethren is cast down, which causes them, which accuses them before our God day and night. And they overcame him. Good God Almighty, listen to what they said. They overcame him by what? By the blood of the Lamb. Not the blood of your works, not the blood of your good looks, but the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony, 
and they love not their lives unto death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in the earth. Woe, uh-oh, listen, listen, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down into you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has but a short time. What is a short time? The short time, the devil will have three and one half years left. Because the last three and one half years is three and one half years before Jesus Christ comes back to the earth. But the devil will come back before in the middle of the tribulation and he will bring havoc upon the world. That's why the scripture says, Woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth where the devil has come down. And we know the devil's already down here, but he's coming down here in force. He's coming down here with all his demons. He's coming down with the whole clan. And they are going to rip havoc over the planet because man has submitted himself to Lucifer instead of God. And God said it. Out of love, if you don't want me, I'm going to let you have the one that you want. And the world today wants Satan. That's what the world wants. They don't want holiness. They don't want the blood of Jesus Christ. They don't want love. They want sin. They want degradation. They want homosexual. They want lying, cheating, backbiting. They want unbelief. They want everything that belongs to the devil. And so that's why the writer said, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman, but brought forth the man child. Guess what's going to happen? When the devil comes to this earth, when the devil comes to this earth, he's bringing all his demons, all his devils in force. They're working back and forth now. They're flying back and forth in the air, and they can travel great speed. You see these UFOs, they can come into the presence of you and disappear in a split second. They travel like lightning. And they're traveling back and forth now, Earth. But there's a time coming when they're going to have to be cast out. When they cast out, they come to Earth. When they invade Earth, they're going to invade it with all the hellish demons that's working now. But they're going to be in full strength. In the middle of the tribulation period, what's going to happen? The most, the most, the most unique faith phony miracle that the devil will perform in the middle of the tribulation period. He will perform miracles in the presence of humanity. What is this miracle going to be composed of? This miracle will be composed of the death and the assassination of the Antichrist. Now listen to me. This Antichrist is a man. And in the middle of the tribulation, he's going to be assassinated. He's going to be killed by an assassin. And by him being killed in a 
by an assassin, he will be laid in the morgue for three days. That's exactly. He's going to do it. Exactly an artificial fake resurrection. This Antichrist is going to lay dead. The Internet, NBC, ABC, all the TVs and radios and Internet and YouTube and Twitters and all, they are going to cover this. And three days, this Antichrist is going to lay dead in the morgue. While at the same time, the devil will be cast out of heaven in between that three and one half years. And when the devil is cast out of heaven and all his demons, they will come to earth. And Satan says, now is my time to do one of the miracles that will deceive the world in believing that this Christ is God Almighty. What is he going to do? He's going to incarnate himself in the body of the Antichrist and raise him from the dead. You hear what I said? Raise him from the dead. When he raises him from the dead, the Antichrist becomes a beast. And the beast is the dragon. And the beast is called by the dragon. And he enters this Antichrist. And Antichrist stands up and he claims that he is God Almighty. That will happen in the middle of the tribulation period. Where do you find that at, preacher? You find it in the 13th chapter of Revelation. As we read it, read with me. The third verse, 13th chapter of Revelation. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death. That's the assassination of the Antichrist. And his daily, you say his, C-H-I-S, his daily wound was healed. That means he was resurrected. His daily wound was healed. And after his daily wound was healed, he gets up out. On the third day, he's resurrected. And then he says, and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshiped the dragon, the devil, which is incarnated in the beast gave power to the beast, the Antichrist, and they worshiped the beast, saying, who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Now, this man being resurrected by Satan, he will be the most powerful man on the earth. Nobody will be able to defeat him. Nobody will be able to even kill him because now Satan is in this body and he cannot be killed again. And he will cause fire to come out of heaven. He will make great predictions and he will tell the world that he is God. And he will set in the temple that the Jews are planning to build 
And he will set up an idol, an image of the beast, which will be half human and half computerized machines that can monitor every human being on the earth that receives the mark. When they receive that mark, the whole majority of the world will come under the influence of the mark of the beast. And if anybody receives the mark of the beast on their forehead or on the back of their hand, between their forefinger and their thumb, they tell me their soul is damned forever because they believe that this man is Jesus Christ and is not Jesus Christ, is not God, it is the devil impersonating God, and they will ask the question, who is like the beast and who is able to defeat him? Nobody. But one man. One man. And this man didn't come from earth. This man comes from heaven. And that man, that man is Jesus Christ, the one that rolled on the coat of an ass through Jerusalem, the one that went in the garden of Gethsemane and bowed down and said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. The man that took Calvary's mountain and bear the cross on Bogotha's heel. The man that laid down his life. The man that they took nails, the nails to his hands, the nails to his feet. The man that lifted him up between heaven and earth. The man that spoke from the cross. The man that said, Father, forgive them, but they don't know what they're doing. The man that hung from 9 o'clock in the morning till 3 o'clock in the afternoon, the man, yeah, he hung. Oh, yes, he did. And he hung until the sun refused to shine. He hung yeah, until the moon turned red with high blood pressure. Yeah, he hung until the angels couldn't away and they moaned and groaned in heaven. The man that told him, I got power to lay down my life and I got power to pick it up again. The man that took the disciples and told him, go back down to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father and he shall endure you with power, which is the Holy Ghost. The man, the man of men, yeah, he was God Almighty in the flesh, yeah. And he went back to heaven, and he's been gone for 2,000 years. And I'm, I'm asking my question in my soul. The man is soon to come back mm-hmm, and bring victory. The man won't be riding no coat of an ass no more. He'll be riding a white horses, and the church will be with him. The man is mm-hmm, able to defeat this Antichrist. The man that's going to dethrone Satan. The man that's going to win the battle. The man of men. Jesus Christ is the only one that's able to defeat this man in the book of Revelation in the 13th chapter that says who is able to make war with him. And the only one that's able to make war with him is Jesus. Mohammed is not there. Judaism is not there. The Baptist is not there. Presbyterian is not there. 
Voodoo is not there. Witchcraft is not there. Christian science is not there. No religion. The preserving the people. Satan, because Satan is the cause of all these false religions. The only only one is the one that come out of the line, out of the tribe of Judah, is Jesus Christ. My friends, you need the Lord tonight. You need Jesus Christ tonight. You need to come to the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. There's only one way to heaven. I try to show you tonight what gets ready to happen to this planet. We getting ready for another winter. We getting ready for catastrophes to happen. And it can't be avoided. The only thing I'm asking you and telling you to do, make sure you know Jesus Christ. Make sure you know that your soul is saved by the blood of the Lamb. Because those that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb are the only ones that will be able to escape the wrath of God during the tribulation period. They will be slaughtered. They will be beheaded for those that will stand up for Jesus Christ. Because Christ is the only hope that the world has to escape the wrath of God. God is not pleased with man and his fallacies. God is not happy. God is not jumping up and down on his throne. He's not patting nobody on the back. He ain't no somebody just upstairs. He is the creator. In fact, God don't need no stairs because he's everywhere. He's higher than the highest. And he can go lower than the lowest. And when he came down here, he went to the lowest to bring the lowest to the height in which the man can be redeemed by his precious blood. This is Elder G. Bazaar coming to you from Warren, Ohio. I ask you one thing. If I don't ask you nothing else, are you saved? Do you know you're saved? Do you know your life has been changed? Do you know you will pass from death to life because of love of brother? Do you know you should know them by the love they have? You should know them by the peace they have, the love they have, the joy they have. You need it tonight. The only thing you've got to do is to repent of your sins, be sorry. Have a contrite spirit. That means a broken spirit. For you have sinned literally against a holy God. And God said, I know you sinned against me. I know you've done some rotten things. But you know something? He says, I love you. I love you. I love you with everlasting love. I love the sinner, but I don't love the sin in the sinner. And I want to get rid of that sin in you. And the Lord is telling you right now, the only way I can get rid of it, you have to let me come in and give you a blood transfusion through the Holy Spirit. 
and let me save your soul from sin. You can come right now. Only thing you've got to do, Apostle Paul said in Romans 10, 9, Romans 10, 9, you know what that says. If you confess with your mouth, if you confess with your mouth, if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, amen, 10, 9 says, if, if thou confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Admit all of it. Admit the garden of Gethsemane. Admit him dragging that cross on Golgotha's hill. Admit it. Admit they took him and stuck him and nailed. Admit the nail in his head. Admit the agony and the pain and the whipping and the beating and the the, uh, the, the stripes. Admit it. He did it for you. He said, I confess that he did it. He did it for me, and I'm sorry for my sin. And you tell the Lord, come on into my life. Please, Lord, come on in. I don't want to go to hell. And if you go to hell, you want for one sin. Because I know you sin. we all sin many a times. But the sin that's going to put people in hell is unbelief. When you reject that atonement sacrifice that Jesus could, when you reject him hanging there, when you reject him saying it is finished, when you reject him being taken off the cross and put in the tomb, when you reject him staying in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights, when you reject him getting up out the grave saying all, when you reject that and deny that and ignore that, guess what? You will die and go to hell because you never confess what he's done for you was to save your soul. And you need saving tonight. This is Elder Bazaar. And I'm telling you, people think they're going to heaven because they give their tithes and offerings and what kind of dresses they wear and what kind of clothes they wear and how many times they have been to church and what program it is. You ain't going to heaven like that. You can do all the little good selfish, self-righteousness works, but that ain't going to get you to heaven. The only way it's going to get you to heaven is the righteousness of Jesus Christ and what Christ done. And when he done that, he made it sure that Satan can't touch it. And when you come to Christ and he seals you with his blood through the Holy Spirit, you belong to God. I don't care what the devil say. I don't care what you're going through. God will deliver you if you put your faith in him. This is Elder Bazaar. Love you all out there. Don't forget about me. Continue to pray for me that I grow strong in the Lord, that I continue this ministry. Sometimes it gets kind of weary. Sometimes I, 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 I think I'm maybe talking to a broken record, but the Lord tells me to keep on. Somebody out there, somebody might out there catch a hold of it, catch a hold of Jesus, because the preacher, the pastor, the bishops, they can't do nothing for you. 
but maybe give you some good scriptural advice.